Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Heads and Tails, your favorite cricket podcast which has its feet firmly in the present, its mind racing towards the future, but its heart, to borrow a phrase from the great American writer Marcuse, is relaxing hedonistically in the past. As per usual, you are listening to me, El Chopernos, and the next voice you will hear is of my wonderful co-host with a feel for our great sport, which is as silken as a lazy, elegant cover drive, Nitins. Nitins, what's your pick out of vituperative Vizag, bamboozling Bombay and windy Wellington? Ah, the, thanks, thanks for that lovely welcome, Chops. Uh, I think windy Wellington was very interesting to watch, especially the balls that started flying wide of the pitch on the final day when there was too much of wind. And we had uh, unexpected events unfold during that test match between uh, New Zealand and Sri Lanka where the cameras were only available from one side of the ground. And so suddenly we were transported back into the 80s. So we are not the only people going into the past. <laughs> It looks like cricket in New Zealand is doing the same. But on the field, yeah, we expected uh, Sri Lanka to put, put up a fight after that close first test. But no such luck this time. Amazing double centuries for Kane Williamson and Henry Nichols uh, letting New Zealand just run riot, win by an innings and finish number sixth in the World Test Championship table. So good finish to the WTC for them. Absolutely. And and you would remember that a few days ago after the epic New Zealand and England test, we were all saying how captains will forever lose their faith in the follow-on. Here a team imposed the follow-on yes. and in the end won quite easily. Yeah, it was a week of unexpected events, right? You saw a follow-on. You expected Sri Lanka to fight again. They did not fight. You expected high-scoring ODI games between India and Australia. You did not get that. So, Absolutely. yeah, I believe you have some points on what was that? Bamboozling Bombay and uh, Vituperator Vizag. So, please tell us about the first two ODIs. Absolutely. Australia and India have finished their test series and are on to the white ball leg of the tour. On a surprisingly seamer-friendly track at Vankhede, India bowled out Australia for just 188, the seamers running riot for India. And then they reached the target with some huffing and puffing, mainly through an unbeaten 100-plus run partnership between the much-maligned KL Rahul and the OG bits and pieces hero Ravindra Jadeja. Then they went off to Vizag, where the post-rain effect was in full view. Another seamer-friendly track, This time, it was India's turn to go under the hammer. Mitchell Stark, red-hot form, uh, picked up an amazing five-wicket haul. And Australia then absolutely murdered the Indian bowling to reach the target in just 11 overs. Yeah, you said, Chops, that uh, our feet are firmly in the present, but we are looking at the future. Looks like one-day cricket is also looking at the future. People are saying it's boring, long format. You had the second ODI end in less than 40 overs. It was shorter than a regular T20 game. That's how badly India were beaten at Vizag. Yeah. Uh, over to the WPL then. Uh, what's the latest there? Uh, as usual, there's one team which is out of the reckoning. Indeed. I, I said it was a week of unexpected events. But the only expected thing that happened this week was RCB getting knocked out of the Women's Premier League. So, uh, RCB fans uh, have, have put up with a lot of pain over the years. Absolutely. And then we go over to Lahore. where the home team of Lahore Kalandars secured their second successive Pakistan Super League title with a mad one-run win over the Multan Sultans. The MVP for Lahore was surely their uh, captain, Shaheen Shah Afridi, who batted like uh, his uh, father-in-law, Shahid Afridi, 44 amazing runs of just 15 balls and bowled like himself, uh, picked <laughs> up a 4-4. And uh, then there was this other pace bowler in their team, Zaman Khan, who bravely defended just 12 uh, 
uh, runs of the last uh, over to give uh, lahore their uh, uh, amazing second title and uh, any any clue as to who's their uh, coach uh, uh, is it randy flower no I, i have no idea actually pakistani bobbing hair And with the end of that weekly roundup, it's time to hop on to our famous time machine to go into the past and talk about another ODI between India and Australia. One which wasn't significant for any specific reason, but became a much loved match given what happened at the fag end of it. Nitins, what's the latest from Bangalore in 1996? Uh, absolutely i can't i can't wait to revisit this game the reason we are going to this particular match is because we had two low scoring games between india and australia and back in the day in the mid 90s odi still used to be a low scoring affair we are going to the first uh, league game that india played against australia in the titan cup which is this much loved uh, tri nation series that happened in 1996 in the months of october and november uh, soon after the world cup had ended and this is when there was a spate of ODI tournaments happening in Sharjah and Singapore and Sri Lanka and obviously you had one in India as well uh, between India Australia and South Africa you mentioned we are getting into a time machine to go go back to 1996 what we really need is a magic carpet because this series happened all over the country there are three teams playing they played each other three times each before they played one final and all of this happened in three weeks it was a proper bharat darshan for australia and uh, south africa wasn't it absolutely bharat darshan is the exact right term i've actually got all the venues written down and this makes for <laughs> fascinating reading in the north we had mohali and faridabad in the east we had guwahati and katak in the west we had jaipur rajkot and bombay in the south we had hyderabad and bangalore and rounding off at the center we had indor literally every corner of the country surveyed and pervaded this is the ipl has nothing on this by the way because the number of venues you go to in the ipl is still fixed and i think players travel in much more comfort these days than they used to in the mid 90s but wonderful tournament um, the first thing that uh, i remember about this tournament is of course the beautiful jerseys uh, and these had patterns very reminiscent of the 1996 world cup jerseys right yeah. and this was the era when jerseys would change for every series right so yeah. merchandise and jersey recall wasn't yet big business in cricket and in some series such as this one all teams would have the same patterns on their jersey so jerseys yeah. change every tournament but within a tournament all the teams have the same patterns right it's an absolute thing of beauty yeah. call me nostalgic but cricket jerseys peaked in the 90s and it's largely been downhill since then and even the trophy if you remember it was almost like a post modernist trophy right uh, yeah. we had all these stupid completely terrible looking trophies uh, just before this australia <laughs> had come to india to play the inaugural border gavaskar uh, test yeah. in delhi and that trophy was yeah. an absolute abomination a wooden and abomination here, yes and here you had this beautiful looking trophy which almost went against the indian tradition of you know myself coming from village area uh, i, I <laughs> I don't know how Titan figured it out, but I mean yeah. they did an amazing job with it. 
Yeah, a series that is very fondly remem- remembered, of course, partly because of the result. India went on to win this series against the odds. South Africa were runaway favourites. They had been winning all their games. Uh, I think they won the Pepsi Sharjah Cup just before this as well. Uh, India and Australia really were fighting for the other spot in the final. And Sachin had uh, been appointed as the captain. The first time he had been appointed as full-time India captain. Azruddin had been deposed after a poor World Cup uh, where they yeah. exited the semi-final. Everyone expected India to win that World Cup, of course. And then India also fared poorly in England uh, yes. where they went for a full tour. Uh, post which Tendulkar took over the captaincy. And this was a fairy tale start to Tendulkar's captaincy because he won that inaugural uh, Gavaskar border trophy, uh, as you mentioned, on the back of a fine 150 from Nayan Mungia and then the Titan Cup. But uh, going into this game, this was, like I said, the second league game for India. Both teams, I think, had lost their opening games against South Africa before they clashed in Bangalore. And yeah. Bangalore, of course, a very, very important venue for India in 1996. Uh, this is the only the next game they were playing in Bangalore after that unforgettable quarterfinal in the World Cup uh, where India had be- beaten Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. And this time, just to uh, you know, add a little bit of garnish to the fact that India were playing in Bangalore, we had six Karnataka players in the side. Yes. Yeah. We had Rahul Dravid. We had Sujit Somasundar, uh, yes. a lesser known um, uh, opening batter from Karnataka. And then the bowling attack was completely yes. Karnataka. Jawagal Srinath, Anil Kumble, Sunil Joshi and uh, uh, Venkatesh Prasad, of course. Yes. So there were lots and lots of Karnataka flags in the stadium. And to top all of this, it was actually Dashara time, which is a big deal in Karnataka, of course. Yeah, and yeah, six players from Karnataka. In fact, there were games in that era where you had seven or eight players from Karnataka playing for India at the same time. I don't know what stats were being maintained back in the day, but I was going through the readif.com reports of this game, which uh, Prem Panikkar used to write. And he has this stat, which he's put out. I don't know how, how to verify this, but he said out of the 304 balls or whatever that were bowled by India in this match, including no balls and whatever wides, Apparently, about 270 balls were fielded by fielders from Karnataka. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how he kept track of this. There's no way to verify it, but it's a very possible sort of outcome given the number of no, Karnataka. Players. You know why this could be the case? I mean, why this could be tracked at least in this tournament? Because again, I remember the TV yes. graphics very specifically, and yes. somehow the broadcasters were tracking runs saved. I remember and this. catches yes. taken and all of those things. Yeah. So maybe they were actually keeping track of all this. Yeah, right. Now, now that you say it, I remember uh, there used to be this counter. Ajay Jadeja saved plus seven runs today on the field and stuff. Yeah, fairly good uh, graphics, which unfortunately never took off in cricket. It's the sort of thing you would expect now to be a big part of the game. But yes. uh, it came and went in 96. Yeah. yeah, and also I remember that, uh, I mean, there's a particular crowd banner, uh, which uh, which obviously uh, commemorated Dashera by saying that today Ram killed Ravan, so we will kill Kangaroos. And <laughs> Even as a kid, I was like, what is this? Swalpa, calm down. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, yeah, uh, Ravan had 10 heads. Uh, kangaroo at best has two heads, right? Uh, if you're carrying the baby. But yeah, that, yeah, that just sounds odd now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But yes, I, I guess in the festive spirit, it's all acceptable. And yeah, Indian fans do tend to get quite touchy about the game. As we, were, we would find out during the course of this particular match. So, it was Australia's turn to bat first and they got off to a very, very slow start. Uh, uh, the usually very fluent Mark Waugh couldn't get the ball off the square. Uh, their captain, Mark Taylor, was sort of hanging around. 
and then there was this amazing catch that uh, Sachin Tendulkar uh, uh, took. Uh, I think it was at mid-off and he was running back or sideways uh, to get rid of Mark Waugh. And then Michael Slater, who was this yeah. absolute phenomenal batsman in test cricket, somehow never found his groove in ODIs for a long period of time. He was totally tied down by the Indian Pacers. Couldn't uh, get even a single run for a long period of time. He was finally uh, dismissed. And then you had uh, Taylor Steve putting together a partnership and Taylor and Michael Bevan putting together a partnership. But they never seemed to get into a higher gear as they usually would uh, Australians uh, in, in the ODI um, tournaments. Uh, Taylor was actually running out of breath because Michael Bevan was making him run uh, the <laughs> ones and twos uh, very, very quickly. Finally, he got around to a century, but not a century at great uh, strike rate at all. And India's fielding that day was top class. The ground fielding, especially the throws that uh, were uh, absolutely speared in towards the wicketkeeper or the bowlers were very, very good. In fact, Sunil Joshi, who's obviously not remembered as a great fielder, <laughs> he and Mark Taylor uh, actually collided near the bowler's end because Taylor was running towards this side to take a run and Joshi was uh, picking up the ball at uh, mid-off to try and run him out. And the collision obviously had uh, Joshi rolling around in great pain. And then Indian fans of the 90s would remember this character called Dr. Ali Irani, who <laughs> came out and... He was doing all sorts of random exercises on poor Sunil Joshi, who was perhaps not even able to catch his breath and he's stretching him around and laughing. And <laughs> I think it was Ian Chappell on commentary who was absolutely nonplussed about the entire goings on. But uh, yeah, runs from Steve Waugh, runs from Michael Bevan, both you know as inevitable as death and taxes when it came to games against India. Uh, you mentioned that Taylor was struggling, it, but this was actually his first ever uh, one-day international one hundred. Day 100. Didn't, didn't make too many in one-day cricket, unlike in test matches. Uh, and while Taylor was struggling, he managed to hit nine boundaries in this innings. And apart from Taylor, all the other batsmen put together only managed five boundaries between oh, them. Wow. Taylor kept trying, got out towards the end of the innings. Uh, Tendulkar picking up the wicket used to do a fair amount of bowling back in the day. Tendulkar also finishing off the innings with a very memorable catch to dismiss Ian Healy. And uh, Australia managing just 215. You expected India to knock those runs off, but uh, India were not a great chasing team. So, you never knew. Out came Sujit Somasundar, who was absolutely at his wits end trying to face uh, Glenn Megra and Jason Gillespie, the two uh, Australian opening bowlers. I think of some 20-odd balls, he managed some three-odd runs and then was yeah. finally put out of his misery by a beautiful in-swinging Yorker uh, from Glenn Megra. Uh, so, so Somo Sundar actually managed seven runs of 32 balls. Oh, wow. uh, and he was bowled, of course, by Magra bowling full. And, and it was a, really a tail-ender shot, a shot of desperation trying to get the, get the ball away. What was sad for Somo Sundar was that uh, he had come into the team on the back of some great domestic performances. Got a couple of chances in this tournament. He had played the previous game against South Africa as well, where he got a very similar kind of score. Right, India were again chasing a, a tougher target. They were chasing 260-odd against South Africa. And he runs into Fanny de Villiers and Brian McMillan, who <laughs> never gave a quarter. And Alan Donald at first change. He got about 7 of 30 balls and then he was run out. Uh, so, And that's the last we saw of uh, Somasundar, at least on the field. 
probably got his chance a little too early when he wasn't ready and it's a huge step up to come in play these yeah. great bowlers under lights uh, in a yeah. high pressure one day game and he faced two of the toughest attacks so i do feel for sudit somasundar yep and on the other end sachin tendulkar was getting into his groove um, you know all of his shots in that initial period were all class uh, stamped on them and then at the other end you had rahul dravid getting dismissed cheaply um, with an lbw decision that went against him and then all hell broke loose azhar <laughs> was not happy with the lbw decision that was given against him he walked off uh, mouthing a few obscenities i would imagine and then the crowd trouble began there were things that were thrown on the field and it uh, uh, reminisced <clears throat> memories of eden gardens 1996 for us pray panikar again in read of rights that azruddin himself had to come out and uh, sort of placate the crowd and the reason azruddin had to come out was because the bangalore fans had for some reason anointed azhar as the successor to gr vishwanath who was earlier known for his risky batting now this is strange for a couple of reasons because i thought uh, jaisimma awaz ali beg and azruddin and vvs lakshman really the the risky batting lineage comes from hyderabad and not from karnataka but for some reason karnataka believed that they were known for their risky batting and azhar was apparently here apparent to grv but uh, they they had a soft spot for azhar much like kolkata also i think a lot of cities loved azruddin but uh, i also remember when india later went on to win this game uh, people said you know the real man of the match is azhar because if not for him this game would have been handed over to australia similar to what happened in that world cup uh, semi final thanks to azhar the crowd calms down and the chase resumes uh, amazing theories from uh, from the people who attended that match and then when play resumes again india have two good partnerships two uh, very useful partnerships sachin and jadeja first and then sachin and nayan bongia which brings india closer to the target but there's still some time to go before they can actually uh, call themselves the winners of this match uh, there's tragedy again as india <laughs> then lose jadeja and mongia and sunil joshi in quick succession and and, and before all of that before all of that they also lost ganguly uh, oh, stranded yes. stranded mid mid pitch uh, sachin tendulkar's fault in this case unusually in runouts involving ganguly <laughs> somebody else is responsible uh but he was run out uh, by a mile i think he was standard mid pitch yeah this is a crazy run out so remember sachin turned it towards the leg side uh, for a single of one of the uh, australia pacers and the one run is very comfortably completed and then there is a misfield sachin yeah. sees that opportunity and as the two of them are stationary at either ends of the crease he thinks there's another run which is on starts running you know completely all of a sudden ganguly sees him coming ganguly also starts and then once tendulkar realizes that the fielder has recovered quickly he stops and promptly comes back yeah and ganguly can't turn around and is stranded mid pitch for a very very easy run out and the thing to see after this was ganguly was obviously you know tucking his bat under his armpit and returning tendulkar smashes the ground with his bat and yeah. you see disappointment writ large on his face yeah and the crowd has already thrown a, a fit before this right because they have now already been placated once by azhar and then play resumes in five balls later ganguly is run out in this way so it's all going downhill at this stage for india yeah. when when ajay jadeja joins tendulkar a very slow and steady partnership uh, jadeja scoring 27 of 62 and then he gets run out and and again in very comical fashion because jadeja plays a ball from uh, magra to mid on and he he's a very fast runner between the wicket he probably would have made his crease as well except he runs straight into magra 
and uh, both of them are on the ground when the ball hits the stumps and Jadeja is fell short of his uh, of his crease so at this stage it's going downhill for india uh, not known to be a great tail at the best of times and this was before this was the tournament in which robin singh made his debut but he had not yet started playing for india yes. so after jadeja like you mentioned there was nine mongia who scored a few runs and then he gets out the pressure is getting to tendulkar all this time uh, so joshi then gets out and and then tendulkar himself also gets out interestingly gets out lbw to steve waugh the last time these two teams played he got out to mark waugh he was stumped off a white ball at the yeah. wankade in the world cup this game he gets out to steve waugh mr century in that game was out in the 90s mr century in this game was out in the 80s the next time these two teams played in mohali again he gets out to mark waugh so imagine there was a string of three <laughs> successive dismissals where the war twins got tendulkar out so tendulkar goes India won 64 for 8 in the 43rd over and now staring at defeat because they're still way short of the target 216 runs and you have Anil Kumble joining Jawagal Srinath for the last strikes seemingly You have to remember at this point in time that India in the 90s it was the first six or seven batters and then it was game over you did not expect any runs from the lower order and if they happened they happened otherwise it was game over when india was 7 or 8 down whatever it was this game was different there's this beautiful article that sidin wadkut has written on crickinfo which is uh, basically about how he developed a stupid lifelong optimism for indian hmm. chases because of this match and <laughs> i mean you can't blame him at all uh so kumble and srinath uh, forged together a very very unlikely partnership to get india to the win and in attendance at the ground were kumble's mother and aunt and the cameraman once he figured out that this was the the people the set of people in the crowd after every single <laughs> ball the camera panned towards them and yeah. there were people around them who were you know taking their hand and trying to hoist it in the air and those <laughs> those two women yeah. didn't know what to do they were they so were... excited they were enjoying the game exactly the way indian mothers would right they are also Absolutely. worried because you have incredible fast bowlers like magra and gillespie doing their best to get rid of uh, anil kumble and kumble is wearing them on his body is you know nudging a ball ungainly to the leg side trying to sneak a run and the camera pans back even before the single is completed and you can see his his mother's eyes are open and you know very very concerned to see whether he makes the ground and when she sees that he's made the ground you, you can see the relief the visible relief yeah. i remember when i was watching this game i for some reason thought it is kumble's mother and srinath's mother who were yes. watching the game everyone thought <laughs> that everyone <laughs> yeah. thought that and you would remember uh, you i mean cricket viewers and listeners would obviously know about this guy called jay bhattacharya who has uh, managed the kkr team uh, in the ipl for uh, quite a few years and then all a lot of other things in sports including uh, the world famous super selector series he once put out a tweet about this match and he said it was srinath's mother and kumble's mother and it took a correction from anil kumble himself <laughs> about who the two people were i see okay interesting in fact i think the commentators it's towards the end of this game it was ian chapel and jeffrey boycott on air I think even they got it wrong. They actually said it's Kumble's mom and Kumble's grandma, which probably was not the case. It's probably mom and aunt. Uh, if if Kumble himself said it was mom and aunt, then it's probably that's probably correct. But we should also remember, by the way, that while Kumble and Srinath, um, you know, they really are those typical Karnataka tall, strapping bowlers. And there's something about Karnataka bowlers from that era 
they look fine when they're bowling but otherwise anything yes. that they do on the cricket field nothing looks as clumsy as kumble srinath or venkatesh prasad either with the bat or on the field, the field. yeah yes. they they whether it's trying to complete a single whether it's trying to save a ball throwing a ball underarm from the outfield everything right and it's the same thing that you see in this game as well they're, they're both wearing full sleeves they're you know looking like they could get run out at any point in time with a misunderstanding or something srinath is you know hair trigger at any point he's going to slog one up in the air and he plays some really lusty shots right he absolutely he hits a straight drive of sivo this... for a six and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, in cricket, you have this thing, right? Your head should stay still. <laughs> Srinath was the absolute end antithesis of that. Yeah. If Srinath was hitting a ball, his feet would go towards Mysore and his head <laughs> would go towards Hyderabad and the bat would fly off in another direction. And somehow, <laughs> the ball just traveled that day and, and lots yeah. of fours and sixes from his bat. Kumble nudged it around and then yeah. finally, very, very unlikely win for India. One that became what it is because of the nature of it that i mean india were down and out for the count and then suddenly yeah. these two and you never up. saw you never saw indian tailenders get runs right leave alone to win a game even uh, to save your face you couldn't expect indian tailenders to score runs in those days and this was against a really high quality bowling attack shane won wasn't part of the squad but you had brad hogg uh, as the spinner and you had the three fast bowlers like we mentioned magra gillespie and fleming all bowling really well for some reason beyond a point they were only trying to bowl yorkers and a lot of those yorkers were not hitting the spot right a lot of full yeah. tosses for that gets squirted away for singles and towards the end they try to bounce out srinath but he's just stays back and starts pulling very confidently yeah. for fours we should remember by the way in the previous game in bangalore that world famous uh, quarter final both kumble and srinath got runs in that game as well uh, yes. and along with ajay jadeja Everyone says that Jadeja took 40 runs of Vakar Yunus in two overs. Go back and check the scores. About 15 of those runs did not come from Jadeja's bat. They came from <laughs> Kumble and Srinath. So, I'm sure yeah. he's happy that people think he got all those runs. But, yeah. So, yeah, yeah maybe it is home ground, whatnot. They knew they knew how to score runs here. But yes. uh, they managed they managed it. And, uh, yeah, India getting home finally uh, in the penultimate over. And uh, the uh, Kumble's relatives were also celebrating joyously with, uh, I don't know, 40,000 people at the Chinnaswamy. Very happy to see India win. Yes. And can you tell me what happened to the Chinnaswamy ground after right after this match? Ah. Uh, did <laughs> it host? <laughs> no. uh, was there an election rally or something? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, close in a very stupid sense. But the ground was given to Amitabh Bachchan's company for, uh, uh, for the stadium was going to play host to the Miss World contest. Oh. Oh, okay. Wow. I, uh, many things that I learned <laughs> from that. I didn't know Amitabh Bachchan was involved with Miss World, of course. Uh, leaving aside Aishwarya Rai Bachchan's <laughs> association with his family. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, have a key, I have a key question. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, so, Tendulkar was man of the match in spite of the efforts of uh, Srinath and Kumble that sealed the game. You know what Tendulkar got for being the man of the match? I'm going to say a Titan watch. Yes, a very cute little gift and something that, you know, is actually meaningful, I would say. A Titan watch, I don't know if uh, Tendulkar went on to wear it or if the others who won Man of the Match awards during the course of the Titan Cup really wore those watches. But yeah, I mean, I think it's better than, you know, giving a Paytm, <laughs> whatever, uh, <laughs> a Google, Pay, Google Pay of uh, whatever, 50,000 rupees, which they do these days, right, which is yeah. a bit strange. Uh, but yeah, a nice little touch. I think the Titan branding was uh, was really, really came out through this uh, tournament for me. 
it, this is also the tournament i remember where uh, uh, you know this this whole thing of tournament sponsors became yeah. a major uh, thing at least in india uh, yeah. obviously you had the reliance world cup before this and outside you had this benson and hedges world series in australia you had the prudential world cup etc but in this tournament i remember uh, you know titan cup was the only name that everyone referred to it as yeah. no other name at all yeah and you would later have the singer akai tournaments you would have the coca cola sharja trophy pepsi sharja cup which is yeah. like a very very you know beautiful name for a tournament yeah you had a lot of these sprouting afterwards so this was a very important win for india like we said south africa were expected to easily go through to the final they in fact made the final unbeaten they beat india and australia in every single game they played uh, which meant india versus australia was going to decide who gets into the final india sneaking past australia in this game and sneaking past australia in another game in mohali which was a high scoring game and that put india in the final where they managed to go and upset the south africans uh, after having lost to them three times in the league yes. stages and okay. the abiding memory of uh, uh, sachin tendulkar who used to wear a white cap even in the odis during this yeah. time holding up the amazing looking titan cup yeah and and sachin and kumble finishing with most runs and most wickets for india in this tournament repeating their feat from the 96 world cup where they were yes. the highest run getter and uh, wicket taker but the player of the tournament do you remember who the player of the tournament was i am going to say um some south african i'm going to say um fanny de villiers close uh, but it was the first change bowler white lightning alan donald ah, who uh, who finished with finished with the most wickets in the tournament uh, kumble was the highest wicket taker for india but donald had the most wickets and uh, he won the man of the series i don't know what they gave him uh, i don't know if it was a very big titan wristwatch that he got <laughs> for winning man of the series but uh, yeah that's how it ended <laughs> Between us on episode eight of Heads and Tails, we went back to 1996 to Bangalore to catch up on a game in the Titan Cup, a very close game, a game that we are immensely fond of. Please keep listening to us. Please keep writing to us on Twitter or elsewhere. If there's a match from the past you would want us to talk about, please let us know about it. Till then, keep spreading the love. Keep giving us five stars on Spotify or any other podcast platform that you listen to us on. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. See you next week. You were listening to Heads and Tails, hosted by Abhishek Chopra and Nitin Sundar. Produced by Audiomatic. Producers for Audiomatic: Rajesh Tahil and Avdhut Khanolkar. Assistant producer: Priya Karsh.